Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey now, Semper Fi, welcome into this LSU Championship Sunday here on WWL. Amos Morale the third, Tim Zimmer, big time Timmy Zim. I'm Christian Garrick. Phone lines are open as well at 504-260-1870. Text 870-870. Gentlemen, we are on the eve of the uh, biggest football game in, I think, LSU's history given the circumstance being undefeated and the seasons they've had. It's... It's certainly one that the LSU fans have clamored for, and, and finally the hype will be kind of over. We'll have football. We're on the eve of it. I can't wait. Yeah, absolutely. This is uh, <clears throat> this is definitely, you know, when you just look outside the window, you can see all the purple and gold, the, the people partying. <laughs> this, uh, one of my friends called it a 36-hour tailgate. He got here on Friday. <laughs> but, um, yeah, you obviously uh, with the historic season they had, LSU's first Heisman Trophy winner since Billy Cannon. Uh, you know, you're getting to finally see him on the big, the biggest stage. You know, this is kind of the moment uh, that I think after probably the, what would you say, the Florida game that a lot of people saw started to really believe this moment could happen. Now it's finally here. Yeah, I mean, this is a big game for LSU, obviously. That Texas game where we saw Justin Jefferson get that, that touchdown, that was a big moment for LSU. I just think right now at the Fan Fest, out here, I haven't been to the Fan Fest yet, but I've, I've seen a ton of Clemson fans. I've, I mean, obviously the LSU fans, will, they'll probably be here today and tomorrow. But so far for LSU, this is, I mean, if you go back to two weeks ago, you know, Joe Burrow throwing seven touchdowns in the first half. And uh, I, you would think that LSU would have wanted that game the next day. But right now, you know, we got that, that long-awaited two-week wait. You, you just listened to Coach O earlier. He was saying, you know, that everyone's anxious, everyone's ready to play. And, you know, we're just about less than 48 hours ready to play this game. Personally. Tim, i got to give you credit, man. Um, back when, uh, I think this was July, August, the when – we started to learn a little bit about this LSU offense, and you kind of had to take, don't be surprised if Joe Burrow is in the Heisman conversation. You were shouted down for that, uh, but i, I got to give you credit, man. Good for you. Well, there's a formula to the Heisman Trophy. Obviously, the last couple of years, it's been a quarterback that's won. Sure. And you look at the quarterbacks that have won, it's usually a quarterback from a big-time program that's in the you know championship race. you got Baker Mayfield. you got Kyler Murray. you got all these big-time Marcus Mariota. you got all these big-time quarterbacks. So I figured – well, if LSU is going to be in the Final Four, you know, that college football playoff, why not Joe Burrow for the Heisman? Why not him? Because everyone was talking about Tua. Everyone was talking about Lawrence. I'm like, well, if LSU gets in the Final Four, I mean, if Jalen Hurts is an sure. option too, I think I think with, with Joe Brady's offense, I think that, that could give LSU and Joe Burrow a chance, you know, maybe just to be in the conversation. I wasn't saying he was going to win it. I said he would be in the conversation, and he obviously he exceeded expectations. Amos, you were out at Media Day yesterday. Joe Brady, how popular was that guy yesterday? Oh, super. Uh, I, I think next to Joe Burrow, he had the biggest huddle yeah. <laughs> of, of guys around it. He was at a, a table with the assistant coaches, and literally all the, the other assistants just stood up and had to go stand somewhere else <laughs> because everyone was surrounding, <laughs> surrounding He's the Joe superstar. Brady. Uh, but, yeah, obviously, naturally, I mean, you know, it's a guy that comes in you know, I expected to help with the offense, and now as one of the, uh, as a reporter coined it, the sexiest names in college football. Thought that was a weird way to describe it, uh, considering. Wait, I like sexy when you're describing that kind of, you know, that kind of. Um, if you're if you're using it to describe his popularity, I think it's appropriate. Yeah, but I, I think I don't know. I, I think sexy just 
doesn't really uh, it just to me it kind of you know it's like uh i think it, you, when i hear that i almost hear it like it's sarcastic like there's no substance behind okay. it it's just like this is all flash and obviously you know lsu had a flashy offense but you know i, I think obviously you saw that offense produce it has substance too. yeah there's clearly you know aside from the fact that he's just a hot young offensive mind you know this guy can you know knows what he's doing <laughs> with a with a, a play sheet so i think that's one thing uh you know, and he even talked about that, how he kind of surprised him uh, himself even, you know, that like, you know, he got there and now, you know, NFL teams are reportedly, he said he hasn't heard from anybody. He said he said his phone's been off since the Oklahoma game. He has not right. turned his phone on, but I have a I hard don't time believe believing that. that. I don't believe that for a second. I, I've been around coaches long enough to know that, you know, when they say there's been no contact, you probably want to go in the opposite direction and say there's been a lot of contact, but nonetheless, Right now, as we speak, he is the LSU passing game coordinator until we're told otherwise, and that, that's the case. Phone lines are open at 504-260-1870, text 870-870. I'll start with you, Tim. Your biggest takeaway from media day. I mean, I think the big story that's being overblown was, like we talked, I wrote an article about it, was that they had some reports saying Dabo Sweeney said, that LSU, he was kind of he was kind of upset LSU was playing in New Orleans. That that was that's totally false. Dabo said, "Good for LSU." He wishes he could take a bus to <laughs> you know to the to the championship game and play it in Greenville, South Carolina. So I don't think there was no heart, you know ill will towards that. I think he said it was it was cool. I think that the I, I, you know Dabo had was very you know very nice on the words he said to LSU. He respects Coach O. He thinks he's a very you know humble man. So I didn't I didn't say any, I didn't say anything wrong with that. I thought Joe Burrow had he was the most popular guy yesterday. You couldn't even get into that area or the see Joe talk, you know the see Joe Burrow talk. Um, but overall, I think media day was just a frenzy. It was crazy. I think a lot of the players, LSU players, and we talked they talked about this against Oklahoma. A lot of the LSU players were like, you know, I just think they're, they're, Clemson's good, but you know at the same time I, we're better. And I didn't see anything wrong with that. I think a lot of Clemson fans and a lot of media reporters were making a big deal out of it, saying, well. LSU's cocky in the list. That, that, that's what LSU is. They're just they think they're better than you know everyone else. Well, I, I well, mean, there's a, there's I, a certain degree I think that in any successful team in 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 player, you've got to have some athletic arrogance. Otherwise, you shouldn't be playing the sport. They've been saying that all season. They've yeah. been they've been confident all season. I don't see anything wrong with confidence. They're not trying. They're not. They're not trying to say Clemson's a bad team. They right. just think they're the better team. Well, and I didn't see anything wrong with that. What was it? Patrick Queen got a lot of heat uh, ahead of the Peach Bowl for saying, you know, that, like, they're all, Oklahoma's offensive line was average. And, uh, you know, he, he kind of listed the position groups and said how LSU was going to dominate. And, I mean, he was pretty spot on. LSU went they out did. there and, and dominated. And they were trying to make media um, – I'm not sorry, um, bulletin board material out of it. But if you need bulletin board you know, material right now at this point of the season, then you probably – that's not really a good thing. You're probably not – you probably shouldn't be in this game if you're looking for bulletin board material for a national championship but, game. But if you're Clemson, you've been here, what, the last three years straight? Right. Uh, Four you know, five. You might get stale. You might need something to spark the, uh, uh, the, the all-engine. <laughs> Dabo's going to do what Dabo does, and that is spin the narrative however he wants. In other words, he's going to – I guarantee he's telling his team, hey, he said it yesterday, acknowledge the home field advantage, right? He's going to use that to his advantage or what he thinks to his, to his advantage with his team. He's going to tell them nobody thinks you can win. He's going to use all of that. Uh, they, don't, they don't need Baltimore board material. And he said yesterday he, does, he, he's, he expects next year's team to be even better. He said this is a young team. This is kind of like a re, uh, rebuilding year for him They're ahead year. of schedule. So he's at, the expectations are high at Clemson, but he thinks next year's team is going to be even better. 80 out of 120 players on that team are freshmen and sophomores. Think about that. And Lawrence is a sophomore, too, so, right. he, you know, he's going to get better. 
That's what happens when you're recruiting well, man. Tim Zimmer, Amos Morale third. Christian Garrick here on the LSU Championship Sunday edition on WWL. Back here on LSU Championship Sunday, Amos Morale third. I'm Christian Garrick. We welcome in now Mark Kestisher, pre-halftime and post-game show host on ESPN Radio for the College Football National Championship on Monday in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome between LSU and Clemson. Mark, how are you? Thanks for joining us, man. Gentlemen, good afternoon. I apologize in advance for a uh, less than 100% voice. Saving it up for t- tomorrow night. Hey, I think <laughs> at, at this point in the year, I think all of us That's are right. playing a little injured. You know what I mean? We're battling something. Well, everybody I run into who I haven't seen in uh, weeks, they're like, oh, rough night on Bourbon Street the last <laughs> few nights. I'm like, I wish. I've been in bed at a normal time just to – I've snuck away for vacation the last few years in between the semifinals and the championship game, and uh, I'll just blame it on I think my daughter was sick. So. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> we'll blame her. Mark, so leading up to this game, I, I'm sure you're like all three of us, me, Tim, and Amos and others, that it's kind of like, all right, enough of the hype. Let's just, let's just get this thing going already. I know, exactly. I mean, um, this is, I think, the longest stretch, right, we've had uh, between in, in the CFP, the, the very brief CFP era. Uh, between the semis and the championship. I understand why it happened when they changed up the schedule to get out of New Year's Eve, and uh, unless it was on a Saturday. Uh, but until you're in that situation, um, you don't realize how long 15 days is. And uh, for the players and for the coaches, I'm sure it's, uh, it's just as bad, though. We saw guys get uh, nicked up in both semifinals, so I'm sure uh, from that end you'll have uh, some more healthy players than you may have had if it was only a six-day turnaround or an eight-day turnaround. So there's there's some pros and cons, but I agree. It's um, At some point, you feel a little talked out. I'm sure the coaches feel a little exed and owed out, though there's um, you know no end to how much preparation they'd love to have for the guys. And So now that you feel it's the eve of it, then you get through tomorrow, and you know, you're talking about a night game. So it's, yeah, it, it's time to get out there and play, and let's see what happens between these two powers. How do you see this matchup, uh, you know, kind of playing out? I mean, obviously that Clemson team, what, 29 straight wins. Yeah. You have uh, LSU 14-0 setting every offensive record. How do you see this kind of playing out? <laughs> I know. I, I try to, uh, you know, connect the dots from, look, first of all, I don't think I don't think we're ever going to see again a performance like that where you throw seven touchdowns and a half. I mean, <laughs> that's just – I still can't believe it happened, to be honest with you. It's been so long we talk about, you know, how long we are between games. Um, that that actually happened. Clemson's defense, it's a different D than it was last year. Obviously, was um, the front four was where the strength was last year. They all graduate to the NFL. And now you've got this uh, outstanding secondary and, um, you know, and a guy who can play every position on the defensive end. Uh, and, and Brent Venables is one of the great DCs uh, in the league in, in college football. So... I suspect um, it's hard to imagine we're not going to have a game that's in the 30s, right, both ways. But you don't know till you get out there. I think Clemson's defense obviously was the reason they won that game. Uh, they could have been down 30 to nothing against Ohio State in the first half, uh, held them to three field goals, if I recall correctly. Uh, they kept it at 16 nothing, gave themselves a chance for a comeback. Um, so hard to tell when you get good on good, like we've had the last few years. I think we were all shocked at um, – you know, how poorly Alabama played, or I guess on the other side of the coin, how well uh, Clemson played with then a freshman quarterback last year. So it is really hard to gauge. Uh, that That's me just taking up about 90 seconds of your time and saying I have no idea what to expect <laughs> tomorrow. Mark, do you recall, I mean, one-year impact, one-year players at, at quarterback having a season that Joe Burrow has had? I mean, I think yeah. of Cam Newton, right? Yeah. But, I mean, he didn't have the season that Joe Burrow had. That's I right. don't recall any quarterback having this kind of season and. 
you know, if, if LSU wins this game, will they have a seat at the table as one of the uh, all-time greatest teams to ever play college football? Yeah, no, it's a great question. And, you know, for Joe, Joe Burrow, look, all of us, we, I guess we peak at different times in our lives and different jobs, and it's hard to imagine with all the talent at Ohio State that he couldn't even, you know, crack that roster, and then he gets down here. And he had a pretty good year last year, right? But this is uh, – it's incredible. I know he's got great weaponry. He's got a great game plan, great spread offense, get guys in space, got a great guy who can catch passes out of the backfield and move on. Uh, but you're right. It is, uh, is remarkable. I will say this. I was uh, in studio for the two semifinal games and uh, before LSU-Oklahoma at the Peach Bowl, Todd McShay was one of our sideline reporters. And I think I posed to him because, you know, he's Mr. Big Board with Mel Kuyper. Just, you know, what are we seeing here? In Joe Burrow, is this just you know a flash in the pan, a great system? And he said, I, I hope I'm getting it word for word correctly. He said this is the biggest um, leap from one year to the next of any quarterback he's ever seen. And so, yeah, I mean, it, it, that's an Italian evalu evaluator from our side who usually gets it pretty good. Uh, so it, it might go down if they win this whole thing, and he has you know a. Uh, let's say even if it's just a three touchdown performance, <laughs> three. I mean that 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 should be plenty, you know, in a uh, for for a good quarterback that maybe we have seen one of the great one year guys come in here and win a championship. Think about what you just said. Even if he only has three only yeah. right, that's the kind right of right now we're thinking that's not going to be enough. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but you're right. Five thousand yards and fifty plus touchdowns, just remarkable. I mean, you you said what the thirties? You think it's going to be an op? Kind of thinking that's low. I mean, you look at seven touchdowns yeah, and a half. I know. I mean, obviously, but you look at that that LSU team. I mean, uh, Joe Burrow obviously is going to be probably the first pick overall. But I was trying to count the other day uh, how many of these guys might ultimately end up being first rounders. This just seems like you know the coaching staff, everything's kind of aligned for this team yeah. to be that historic offense. Yeah, you know what? Uh, it's funny because um, friends, colleagues. You know, or even just fans here in New Orleans be like, uh, you know, who's going to win? Who do you think's going to win? Whatever. And, and who, do you, who do you want to win? Who do you root for? And I <laughs> say, you know what I root for? And I think we're all the same in broadcasting. I root for close games because it's great storylines, great pressure. And I think in my head, I figure the only way, you know, this is that kind of game is if the Clemson defense, which has been stingy all year long against Granted, not as uh, good a competition uh, out of the ACC, is they're going to have to keep LSU in the 30s. I mean, both these teams have offenses that, if I'm uh, I don't think I'm mistaken, I think both teams have scored 50-plus seven times, I think, if I counted it right. So that would lend toward, you know, 35, 38 points, not going to be enough. But I think uh, Clemson's defense is way better than folks give them credit for, this year's version of it. I know LSU's defense has been better the last three or four games specifically. Uh, so even though they don't rank top ten on their defense, I think that's a little misleading because they're coming together at the right time. They're getting some players back as well who haven't been there uh, this season. So, yeah, it does sound kind of odd to think, uh, how the heck is LSU not going to score 40 points against Clemson? But maybe that's what it's going to take to, you know, have one of those epic games. ESPN's Mark Kestesher here on Sports Talk on uh, LSU Championship Sunday. and. Mark, are we not talking enough about LSU? I mean, about Clemson's offense. LSU's offense get, is getting all the headlines, but man, that's a potent group over there uh, wearing the, the Clemson Tiger uniform. Yeah, it is. And look, Trevor Lawrence has had one of the great starts of any quarterback in college history. Was it twenty-five and zero? Yeah, coming into to this game, uh, he's got two outstanding receivers. You know, who are both big targets at six-four. 
got a running back who folks in this area certainly know about, Louisiana guy, uh, who doesn't get enough credit at all for you know for what Travis Etienne could do uh, for his team. They don't really have that pass catching tight end. You know, they got a bunch of blocking tight ends. They got a really solid offensive line. So I do think uh, that they sometimes get lost. And also, I think the fact that they didn't start out as good as folks had expected them to. I think we all expected Trevor Lawrence was going to win, you know, uh, two Heisman trophies and then become, you know, the number one pick in the draft. And he went through some growing pains. They had a close call. I think it was against North Carolina. Uh-huh. He's um, changed since then. He has since that game. You know, when he had, I think, what, eight picks in his first seven games. And He's got no- 22 touchdown passes, zero, zero intercept- interceptions since. since. So, so they are um, – not as heralded as they should be. It sounds like uh, both receivers who got nicked up in the semifinal, again, as we spoke with the 15-day layoff, that's going to be uh, beneficial to them. But uh, I love just the the two guys in the backfield, the two running backs behind the quarterbacks, you know, to me feel like that could be where on the offensive end this game uh, could change because ETN is tough to take down. And, uh, you know, Clyde on the, LS, on the LSU team would – just where what he makes the defense do, he stretches that defense with all his uh, all the options you can go with with him. Mark, I'm going to learn you something here. Um, so down here, it's Etienne. Etienne. Oh, Etienne. I've had it wrong. It's we were Etienne. just discussing off the air. No, on, it's Etienne. Yeah, on the uh, on phonetics. Tr- yeah, yeah. It's and it's Elaire, right? Cry- Clyde Edwards Elaire. All right. Yep. So I'm going so to have the correct Etienne. So tomorrow, New Orleans. Yeah, it, that's the French. All right. The French pronunciation Travis would be Etienne. Etienne. Yep. You know, in the media guide, they uh, just have three letters. I know. It just says E. <laughs> T- I know. <laughs> I'm like, all right. I was, you know, I took French for six years in uh, in high school, in middle school, and high school, and I'm like, all right, that's what you want. I'll He's rolled with it, you know. But it's it's at the end. If, he, ha- had, if he had his druthers, he'd probably tell you it's at the end. That happens all over the place. Uh, the Greek freak in Milwaukee. As I, I flip you over to basketball yeah. for half a second, um, no one can pronounce his name correctly. And Giannis? so, yeah. So Giannis's last name, when he told me a couple of years ago, it's Adetokumbo, or in I think it was Nigerian, Atetakumbo, Greece, Adetakumbo. Everyone calls it Antetokumbo, whatever. So I said, how do you want to pronounce it? He goes, I don't care. I'm like, you're not helping the situation. <laughs> right. That's the same thing probably Travis did when he got there. However you want to pronounce it. Speaking fine. of the NBA, if we can cross over for, sure. for a second. Uh, the Pelicans, what what do you think of that, pro- them and their growth and also this season? I know things have come along slowly for mm. them, but Zion's not yet back on the court. Um just overall, what do you think of the, the, the potential of that group being young? Potential is awesome. I mean, it's just like I remember being at Summer League in Vegas um, when Zion came out in the layup drills, and unfortunately, what, he lasted nine minutes, had the knee injury, and we're still waiting. The, the potential's awesome. David Griffin is one of my favorite uh, you know, talent evaluators and club builders and roster builders, so the potential is there. And for me, the clock doesn't start till Zion gets on the court, and, you know, and we'll see from there. But I think the trade – you know, will work out in the end, I hope. he got some great talent uh, in it, and we'll see what Zion is uh, from a health perspective long term. But I think if you're in New Orleans and, you know, look, no one wants to lose an all-timer like uh, Anthony Davis, but I think he got a nice haul here, and maybe that opens the window for something big, you know, a season or two down. What do you think Zion, three years from now, fast forward, what do you, what do you think he is in terms of NBA status? Yeah, it's – boy, it's so hard to tell because – well, definitely a two-time dunk champion. Yeah, I hope so. For someone who has to call the dunk contest, I'm like, yeah, come on, let's get some talent in there. Uh, I hope so. Look, uh, I just he's I, I know he's not LeBron, but you know you see his body size and his makeup and you know and and just uh, just how smart he is, and uh, you hope that he's some mixture of the greats. 
But, you know, for me, I just, just need to see him out there because we all missed on Luca, right? And, and that happens a lot with the international guys. You just don't know. And I think there's five teams that wish they could have Luka Doncic on their roster mm-hmm. right now ahead of the Mavericks who got him in the trade. And so you, ju- you just don't know till they get out there. But um, he seems potentially he's got multiple all-stars, no doubt. Yeah, obviously uh, right now uh, I think all of Louisiana is still – you know, with the reeling from that Saints loss, oh, still, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, there was a lot of celebration of the Vikings losing, which I don't get <laughs> personally. So I think everybody's really leaning on this LSU game, and then That's I right. think maybe they'll check in with the Pelicans uh, after that. Yeah. Probably around Mardi Gras, after Mardi Gras. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. You know, I mean, and I have a lot of friends who they don't watch any NBA, they don't watch any college basketball until the Super Bowl is played, and now you're talking—you got a four-week run-up to March Madness, but. You know, everyone takes their season in differently. I'm, I'm ready to go October 15th. I'm like, let's go. Let's get some hoops going. <laughs> yeah, those people that get the four-week run-up are always the ones that win the bracket pool. Yeah, Very sadly. And <laughs> put in 20 of them. Interestingly enough, you're describing me. No. I mean, <laughs> no I'm offense. The, I'm the guy. I, I am the guy that – and it's notorious. Uh, it's, it's around the office. I kind of just check in after, after football season. And, you know, if the Pelicans start out hot, then obviously I'm going to be a little bit more dialed right. in. Uh, I describe myself as a – a little bit of a casual basketball fan, just because we're so in, we're so ensconced in football with yeah. the Saints and LSU, and in oh, particular yeah. this year with both teams being very very good. But and it's a long season. Yeah, you could jump in February third, and the NBA you got four months. Yeah, you know if you want to take it all the way to the end, and you'd, even if your team's not in the finals. So it's uh, yeah, it's that's one of the best aspects of uh, if you love all sports, it never ends now, right? There's never a downtime. Uh, it's, smor- it's a smorgasbord. I love it. It is. No such thing as an off season. In anymore. particular, no. in particular, I'm getting off on a tangent here and I know you got to run Mark, but uh, also college baseball is right around the corner as well. I'm a, I'm a big college baseball guy. I love college baseball. So, I'm from the Northeast. I've lived my entire 52 years in New York State, Ohio, Connecticut, and college baseball. Though I love the College World Series, I just didn't grow up in a region where, I mean, first of all, we can't even throw the ball around, you know, till like April 1st yeah. sometimes, maybe <laughs> April 15th. But I love watching it on TV. But I, I, that's the one sport where I just – I'm out of my element is definitely in college baseball. ESPN's Mark Kestershire. Hey, have a good time Monday. Nice Enjoy our guys. city, and thanks for coming on. I will. I think uh, it was a good test for my voice too, so maybe I will go to Bourbon Street tonight. There you I go. feel confident. Mark Kestershire, <laughs> ESPN Radio. This is uh, LSU Championship Sunday here on WWL. LSU Championship Sunday. Hey, you guys, don't bring your drones tomorrow to the game, okay? Just so you know, that's on the list uh, from the Secret Service of things you cannot bring. If you're looking for good pictures, I guess you're going to have to find them elsewhere. Yeah, you can't bring drones, all right? Uh, Amos is very, looks very puzzled by this. Uh, aerosols, ammunition, animals other than service and guide animals, backpacks, bicycles, balloons. Can't bring any of those items either. Just trying to educate you guys. These uh, all sound like things I can't get into a Saints game anyway. <laughs> they what? sound like common sense thing, but common 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 sense isn't very common these days. One of my favorite stories from this year was one of the reporters. They they walked to the stadium, Tiger Stadium, every, you know, from the parking lot, and he was carrying a bag, and it was a tripod you know, a, a tripod bag, and one of the fans was like, sir, you can't bring a rifle into the stadium. And he thought it was a rifle, but it was a tripod a tripod bag. And it was I was like, why would you even think that would be that? But, I have no idea. But, yeah, one thing that LSU fans do bring into Tiger Stadium that gets in a lot is the poppers during the national championship. Yeah. I don't think you're going to be allowed during to During the national anthem, you, you mean. Yeah, national anthem, that's what I meant. If you bring one of those, then you may get turned away and you may get your ticket taken. I don't. I wouldn't recommend it, though. Yeah, the full list is online at www.com as the things you cannot bring to tomorrow night's national championship. Timmy's going to be disappointed by this. 
Selfie sticks. Can't bring selfie sticks in. Sorry, Tim. No oh, post. That's a tough one. No post game pictures, I guess. Yeah. Just got to find somebody with a real long arm. <laughs> I'm pretty short, so my arms aren't very long. <laughs> Amos and Tim, I want to pick you guys' brain on. So much has been made about the lack of experience for LSU in in these games and in the playoffs in general. Do you think that is a factor today? Good, Tim. I think experience, Monday, I think experience for Monday. Clemson. It, it helps Clemson a lot for up till tomorrow. I think Clemson knows the schedule. They know what to expect leading up to the game, so I think that benefits Clemson. So something like yesterday, practicing in a ballroom, for example, that's so that's fine because they know the schedule. They know what to expect. For LSU, I think they're going to rely on the games they played earlier this season at Alabama, at Texas. I think those big games, they've been in big games all season, and they've, they've shown up. I think that they show up here again. Um, but I think experience-wise, with Clemson being there, I think that helps a little bit. But I don't think it matters when the game starts. I think experience goes out the window once the kickoff happens. So it, it matters a little bit to Clemson, but not so much for LSU. I almost think that LSU is kind of thriving on this fact that they have uh, no experience. I mean, you looked at how they approached the SEC championship game. None of the guys on that team played in an SEC championship game, uh, and that changed the schedule up for them a little bit. It wasn't like a normal game week. Uh, you look at how well they performed in the playoffs. That was definitely not a normal game week, you know, and they still had bowl game responsibilities, even though uh, Orgeron credited uh, – the Peach Bowl that week for, you know, kind of dialing back the bowl. But, I mean, they still had lots of obligations. You know, they had to visit the hospital. They had to, uh, you know, do the bowl game activities. And it's almost like this team is really thriving on going into these unexpected situations. They almost kind of, you know, it's almost like they, they, they sort of uh, uh, appreciate it. They, you know, they seem to really like the fact that, all right, we don't know what to expect here. They embrace but it. Let's go play. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think, I think you hit the nail on the head when you said they're thriving on that. In particular – this is a very battle-tested team. You're talking about, what, seven wins against top ten ranked teams at the time well, that they played? Well, this would, this this would, would be, be seven. the seven. This would yeah. be seven. So I'm sorry, six. But, yeah, they're, they're playing seven top ten ranked teams, and this would be number seven. Um, but I think that the experience factor, I think Tim's right, too. Leading up to the game, I think that, you know, Dabo having the experience of how to manage this time and manage the expectations and the pulls and demands, et cetera, I think that's an, that has an impact. But let's not forget, Coach Ed Ogeron, has, this is his fifth national championship game, first as a head coach, but he's been an assistant in this game. So this is not his first rodeo either. So I think it's a bit of a wash all in all because of the way LSU has played this year, the big moments that they've had. And I, and I think people get lost on the idea that Coach O has been in this situation before, just not as a head coach. And I think one thing that helps LSU in this game is that the game is in New Orleans because – all those players are mostly from the state, and, and if not, they've been in, they, they, they're, you know, they live in Baton Rouge, so they've been to New Orleans most likely. So all those distractions around the city, they can, they can do that next week. They can go to Bourbon Street. You can see, I mean, potentially there's been times where the Sugar Bowls happen where you've seen players go out and sightsee. I don't know if Dabba's going to allow that or not, but that could be a distraction leading up to the game. I don't know if it will be or not, but, I mean, New Orleans for, for LSU it, itself, I don't think that's going to be a distraction whatsoever. I think maybe the fans itself, you know, family and all that could be a distraction but other than that I think they've blocked out all the noise yeah I think coach O has put some parameters in place as to how often these guys can see their families look a lot of them are in town yeah because um, there are locals as Tim mentioned but I think that he's he's done a good job of are doing a good job as to letting them see their family that's important but also restricting what they can and cannot do and I, I think that's what a responsible coach should do you're here for one one purpose and one purpose only you're not here to socialize you're not here necessarily to see family you're here to win a football game. Well, I also think with this team, uh, you know, he's done some things, and he's kind of addressed this as the year has gone on. 
you know, he's done some things with this team that he maybe wouldn't do with another team because, you know, he trusts the, that group of receivers to, to go out and do some work on their own. Uh, you know, he trusts that the guys will get back before curfew. Uh, so, you know, he it's almost like a, you know, you, you, they've all season long he's like, we've got bigger goals, we've got bigger goals. And most coaches, you know, it's one game at a time this week. They don't want to acknowledge the, the goal down the road, but – I think with this team, you know, he's talked about the maturity level, uh, you know, of all these guys. Uh, you know, had a lot of seniors coming back uh, for, you know, it seems like for a change at LSU. Uh, you know, that defensive line, Braden, Rashard, he's got guys that are mature that that understand like this is an opportunity I'm not going to get again. Uh, so I, I think he's been a little laxed with these guys because he can afford to be. And a lot of a lot of that comes from their their leader Joe Burrow. He's so focused and so into it. I think they what what the rest of the team sees from Burrow. I think that's what they follow. And I think a lot of it. What Joe Burrow does is how the team's you know reacted to his focus. I, I know this from being around the Saints. Typically, the good locker rooms are policed by players. It's not by coaches. The coaches are not in those locker rooms, making sure that you know this this gets done and that gets done. I mean, I, there's some accountability from the player standpoint, holding each other accountable. And it sounds like LSU has that same factor. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I mean, you know, going back to kind of what you were talking about. Uh, you know, I think just, oh, uh, he's kind of, you know, picked up a lot of things as, uh, you know, he's gone throughout his career. You know, he touched on it earlier in the year. Uh, you know, he mentioned how that year he spent with the Saints, he really paid attention to how they practiced and how they did things. And he kind of adopted that pro style of practice. So, you know, he's not working the guys as hard to practice. You know, uh, they're using, uh, like, technology. I think they put little uh, chips. Yeah, GPS. yeah, uh, predominoes in the guys to see how fast they're going. And if a guy slows down, all right, we got to pull back some reps for him and practice. And, you know, they're, they're doing all these things. And I think he's able to do that, again, because he's got a mature team. He's got a team that, uh, you know, understands what the goal is. He's got a team that he doesn't have to, you know, hide the goal from them. He can put the goal right in front of him. Like, we want to play for a national championship. That's why you came to LSU. So this is what we need to do. Amos Morale the third, Tim Zimmer, Christian Garrick. It's LSU Championship Sunday here on WWL. Big time Timmy Zim, Tim Zimmer, Amos Morale the third. I'm Christian Garrick here on LSU Championship Sunday. Phone lines are open at 504-260-1870. Text 870-870. Our WWL Blue Runner Gumbo Opinion Poll. Do you think LSU's lack of experience in the big game will be a factor? How big of a factor will it be? Cast your vote online at WWL.com or call us at 504-260-1870. Gentlemen, we already talked about that factor and how much it will be or will have an impact. I think both all three of us agree that it's going to have an impact to a degree, but it's not going to be the decisive defining moment or factor in this game. No, not at all. Uh, I, the defining factor is obviously <laughs> Joe Burrow, if he just keeps rolling. I think we – we talked about this. We keep waiting for him to have a bad game. And according to him, he's had a bad game. He Vanderbilt, said, he said. Oh, he even said the uh, playoff game wasn't yeah. his sharpest. And he said seven, he wanted to be perfect like yeah, Seven touchdowns and a half isn't your sharpest. I'm afraid of what your sharpest is. But uh, I think if you want an X factor, that's it. If Joe Burrow is rolling like he's been all season, I, I have a hard time seeing Clemson, you know, keep up with him, even with that off they have. Give me an NFL comparison, you think, for uh, for for – um, Joe Burrow. I said it last year. I got shouted down for it. At the end of the year, I compared him, just his personality, to Tom Brady. Yeah, Herb Street was right about that. And when he came on the other night, he, he he's focused like Tom Brady. I wouldn't say he's as talented as, you know, obviously sure. Tom Brady. But just the college, like Herb Street was saying, the college comparison. I mean, Joe's going into a good situation with Cincinnati because they have talent around him. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. But I think, I think 
Joe, Tom Brady's a good comparison. Joe, like, uh, uh, Tom Brady's a good comparison. I almost feel like Joe may be a little bit more athletic than Tom Brady. Yeah, he is, yeah. certainly. We've, you know, it, you see it with some of those Heisman plays where it looks like he should have been sacked three times and he ends up completing for a first down on a third and long. So, I, I, you know, it's I have a hard time seeing Tom Brady, even in his prime, uh, you know, make some of those maneuvers. But uh, I don't know, man. Joe is a, it's kind of a different animal. I mean, you know, you look at him. You see some elements of, uh, you know, some of the guys, like a lot of different guys in him. I mean, you see a little bit of, uh, you know, Tom Brady in him. You see a little see bit breeze. of Breeze. Yep. Uh, you know, you even see a little bit of some of the, the, the running quarterbacks we're seeing, you know, have success, um, you know, because he's obviously not afraid to, to, when he gets flushed from the pocket, you know, take off and use his legs. And uh, he's not going to slide. We've, we've yeah. seen that. So, you know, he's definitely a tough uh a tough He's guy. also got a little A-bear in him, too, now. Uh, and what I mean by that is uh, and Bobby was not as mobile as Joe, but what's the hallmark of Joe uh, of Joe Burrow? It's been the ability to stand in the pocket and take a big hit yeah. and being willing to do so, the, when a lot of quarterbacks aren't. The Auburn game earlier this year, the UCF game, or, yeah, UCF last year when he got hit, after that big hit, he, he was unbelievable, just like Trevor Lawrence last uh, in the last playoff game against Ohio State. When Lawrence got taken down, he was unbelievable right after that. Joe showed the same thing against Auburn earlier this year and then last year against US UCF in the in the Fiesta Bowl. When he takes a hit, he bounces right back, and he's even better because he's even more focused and even more determined because he knows those defenses are coming for him. By the way, um, what did you say? It makes him feel like a football player. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of those quarterbacks, they, they like it. Remember Andrew Luck? I mean, how many times did we, did we hear – audio clips of him getting smashed and him getting up, patting the guy in the helmet, saying, good hit, man, good hit. I mean, a lot of these guys enjoy it because it does get them in the rhythm of the game. Before we move on, um, I'd be remiss if I didn't wish a happy belated birthday to the sheriff, Newell Norman, yesterday, his birthday. So uh, happy birthday to Newell and one of our favorites, certainly over there at WWL. And um, yeah, I, I just hope, hope his day was good yesterday and certainly today belatedly happy birthday to the sheriff. Every day from 10 to 1. That's right. He's probably having a glass of wine right now. He always talks about that one glass of wine he loves. He, he does like his uh, his wine, that's for sure. Um, I don't know. I just – I'm a big fan of Newell Normans and uh, certainly want to wish him a you happy birthday. You mentioned Andrew Luck. That's, a, that's an interesting comparison for Burrow. You know, Luck's a guy that kind of was deceptively athletic too. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I mean, people are going to sour on that because of the way Luck, you know, played his NFL career. He was banged up quite a bit and then abruptly retired. But Part of that he's very similar. Part of that was because he didn't like to slide that much either. No, you're right. <laughs> All right, one hour down, two more to go. Tim Zimmer, Amos Morale the third. I'm Christian Garrick. Phone lines are open. It's LSU Championship Sunday here on WWL. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 